We are checking in with TV Week Magazine's movie blogger, Rick Forchuk, for the latest on what to check out in theaters and at home streaming. Hi, Rick. Hello, Raji. All right. We're starting off with one that I cannot wait to see, although I know not everyone's in the same camp. It's Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah, not everyone is in the same camp on this one, but it's a good movie. Lots of fun, despite the fact that star Chris Hemsworth packed on 231 pounds of solid muscle to reprise his role as the God of Thunder, the real story here, Raji, is writer and director Taika Waititi, yes. whose mark is all over this film like fur on a weasel. <laughs> now, Waititi is either a brilliant genius or a closet nightmare, depending on your own personal taste. He's an Oscar winner for Best Screenplay for Jojo Rabbit in 2019. He's an Emmy winner for his series What We Do in the Shadows in 2020. He is an acquired taste, however, although that taste was good enough for theater goers to make this both a box office smash on the weekend and have patrons leaving the theater giving it a B-minus cinema score, which is a little worse off than normally comes with a Thor movie. Now, the story here has Thor, played by Chris Hemsworth, looking at the next stage of his life and trying to become more useful. At the same time, a man named Gore, played by Christian Bale, is fighting to keep his young daughter alive but losing that battle. Embittered and grief-stricken, he decides to take it on the, on the gods to whom he prayed but who did not answer with his daughter dying anyway. Gore becomes more and more powerful as he scours the world, setting his sights on any and all gods he encounters with the mission to destroy them all. The payoff is being granted one wish of anything that he desires, and clearly, once disposing of all the gods, he will wish to have his daughter back, and to that end, he kidnaps a number of children and takes them into a shadowy other world in order to attract Thor and his fellow do-gooders into a trap. Now, that's the setup, but what I was not expecting is the audacity of Taika Waititi's script. This is a comedy. Now, what it is is a Marvel Comics Universe film, but it is actually a comedy in which Thor, his one-time love, Jane Foster, played by Natalie Portman, now suffering from stage four cancer, nothing funny about that, and its tight circle of supporters, including the entire Guardians of the Galaxy crew, who make an early appearance, uh, play out sight gags and jokes of various types, that left me unsure as to what I was really watching. As always, the special effects are sensational, the colors are spectacular, Zeus, the god of all gods, played here by an overweight Russell Crowe, sporting a Greek accent, is both all-powerful and a caricature of the deity all at the same time. Now, once I had my head around the fact that much of this was just being played for laughs, I rested more easily and enjoyed the ride. Shot in Australia with production input from a variety of locations, including British Columbia and Ontario, this settles in to be an unusual and very entertaining film. And of course, because it's Marvel, you have to sit tight when the credits roll for one more scene about two minutes in and another after about seven minutes of credits. PG is the rating here. A good movie, good ride, lots of fun, Raji. Yeah, unusual and entertaining is what it seems like. But I just love Taika Waititi. I find him ambitious. He's original. I don't think he makes stuff to look perfect. He he makes stuff that's a bit quirky, and he's got a stamp that I feel stands for something different. Yeah, and he does have an eye for color and for the sensationalism that goes with these superhero movies. Uh, I agree with you. I like him a lot. Uh, although, as I said, he is an acquired taste. Some people just hate his work, and other people just love his work. Yeah. I do. I like what he does, and he's a clever, clever man. Okay, let's talk about uh, this film that's based on the book series written by a former Navy SEAL. 
That's right. It's called Terminal List. It's on Amazon Prime. I mentioned it last week when it was slated to begin streaming on Amazon. And to have now, I've had the opportunity to view the entire series of eight episodes. It really is a solid action thriller with a great cast and some big surprises. It's based on the book by Jack Carr, who's written five in the series of the Navy SEAL commander James Reese, played by Chris Pratt from Guardians of the Galaxy, Jurassic World, uh, beginning with this one in which his entire unit is killed, save him, during an operation out of country. In the early going, it's a little difficult to separate what's true and what is imagined, as Reese has his confreres wiped out under intense fire in a booby-trapped, water-filled tunnel. There are flashbacks during his return home, so we often aren't certain if the action we are seeing is the real thing, a hallucination, a dream, or something even worse. Now, the worst part comes with some unexpected outcomes to a violent event that happens on the home front, something that separates this thriller from others of its ilk. People die here that we do not expect to expire, and they do so under the worst of circumstances. To avoid spoilers, Raji, I'll say no more on this topic. It becomes clear that there's a conspiracy at the highest levels within the U.S. military, and the challenge for Reese is to figure out who is real and who is not, and who is simply trying to take him out before he gets too close to the truth. It's a great action thriller with a cast that includes Kelowna native Taylor Kitsch, and this one is perfect for fans of military stories with no predictability. Uh, no word yet as to whether or not a season two will appear. One can only hope that it doesn't end here. But if it does, the story is complete unto itself. 14A is the rating. There is a lot of violence. A lot of stuff blows up. That's the terminal list. It's on Amazon Prime, Raji. Okay, and then Netflix has a new animated feature out, right? Yep, this one's called The Sea Beast, and it's from screenwriter Chris Williams. He's responsible for writing such popular Disney movies as Mulan, The Emperor's New Groove, and Moana. And he jumped ship here to sign on with Netflix Animation, which produced and distributed this cartoon adventure in a mythical age where monsters routinely ply the seas. The story is about a girl named Maisie Brumble. She's voiced by Zara's Angel Hater, who stows away on the ship of the greatest of all sea monster hunters, Jacob Holland. The monster hunters are the most celebrated of all adventurers, and Maisie just idolizes him. And when she's discovered on the ship, Jacob now finds himself with an ally he wasn't planning to have, and she joins him as he sails into one of the most dangerous parts of the sea. PG is the rating here. It is animated. It's great fun. Uh, young boys, young girls, and adults and parents and aunts and uncles will like this too. The Sea Beast, it's on Netflix. So I looked this one up online because, as you know, I have two little kids at home who uh, this would be like right up their alleys. So I looked it up online to see pictures, just some screenshots from the film it's, or from this animation itself. And I cannot believe the accuracy that they are at now with animation technology for doing things like hair, water, reflection. Um, it's just so accurate that I'm like, am I actually looking at an animation? If it wasn't for people's uh, faces being uh, distorted on purpose, you know, and exaggerated features and that kind of thing, there are certain, like, there are a couple of screenshots that I think like, oh gosh, that looks uh, photographic. No, you're absolutely right. All of this, of course, started with Pixar, which uh, developed the technology to be able to do things like show individual uh, hair on people's heads, individual hairs. Uh, when you look at a lawn with grass, you see individual blades of grass. It's amazing. It is, and this is, this is Netflix animation, which is really stepping up now. You know, it's been uh, stealing some good people from Disney. 
or attracting them, you know, whatever you wish to say, and they've done a great job here. So uh, you're absolutely right. And uh, these animated features, although geared in many respects towards very young viewers, are also great for parents and for adults because they do a great job making you feel like you're watching the real thing rather than just an animated feature. Yeah, totally. I find myself getting more lost in animated features of late than of the ones that were made 20 years ago, just because of how much more realistic things seem. That's true. If you look at uh, an an original Shrek, for example, it's good, but it doesn't have nearly the level of animation that the stuff that's coming out today has. Yeah, totally. Well, Rick, that's all the time we have for you today. So thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thanks, Raji.